Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hello, everyone. Today, I am really excited to have a guest speaker who is going to be covering the topic of physical fitness and health in grad school. Our guest is Mara Nami Lopez, who is a Mexicana from Southern California, currently residing in Arizona. She's a mother to two beautiful babies under six. I can so relate. <laughs> she is a, a wife. She's a full-time research program manager, a part-time faculty associate, uh, a doctor candidate in education at Arizona State University, and many, many more things. So welcome to the podcast, Mara. And um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of open it up and have you um, share anything, uh, you know, say a little bit more about who you are yourself and would love to just have you get us started with also like fitness, like how did you get into fitness or who are you, how did you get into fitness and um, anything else that that may be relevant. Yeah, hi, thank you so much, Doctora, for inviting me to or, or accepting my, my um, space <laughs> my um showing up in this space that you've created for so many different people for so many different great reasons um yeah that's pretty much a lot of what i do i'm also so i do a lot of things at asu uh, again i have a full-time job as a research program manager the work that we're doing is working with rural community um community college hsis i'm a faculty associate i teach uh um first year success courses i'm also part of the graduate advisory council we're reviewing academic handbooks academic policy for inclusion and um and yeah so i do a lot of different things my husband also just finished his mfa so we're quite busy so gracias, gracias. um yeah so you know fitness is it's it's a, an investment that I've been taking more seriously in the last year. Obviously, I am a very busy person, so it takes a lot of work to to make this commitment work, right? <laughs> so a little bit of background too. I was a college athlete, so I played volleyball, basketball, and softball from the ages of nine through nineteen. Wow. I played all three sports for two years at the junior college level. And that's about what your eligibility is. So you can only really play the sports for two years at the junior college level before moving on to the university. Um, but I'm five five. So, uh, you know, I was considered a, a little bit above average in my small town of the Imperial Valley when I played for uh, IVC there. And I just decided not to move on and continue to play at the university level. Um, but I, I didn't realize until much, much later how tied how, how much I depended on the teamsmanship for physical activity. So it was really hard for me to be self-motivated and go to the gym and just like knock out two hours and, and feel, you know, accomplished. So I tried a little bit of things here and there. Some things worked, some things didn't. And um, in this last year with the pandemic and everything shutting down and all of my family being sort of like on top of each other, I just realized that I needed to make more of a concerted effort 
to um, to take some time and, and be in my own space, right? So yes. I started, I, I just took a, a step out. I went to the park. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I love my babies. I love my family, <laughs> but I need a little bit of a break. So I went to the park and I walked a little bit. I, I started following this page called Running Mommy. They're like for tias, ninas, mommies, you know, all, all the, the mujeres supporting one another through their journey to walk, run, and just build on their physical fitness. And so I started following them. They set up these weekly uh, goals, right? So like five miles a week, 10 miles a month, things like that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to move without thinking and see how many of these goals I can achieve. And I achieved like the first one. I was like, okay, well, I probably won't keep doing this, but let my mind stop talking and let my body keep walking, right? Oh, I and, love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just kept going. I just kept showing up. Before I realized it, I started to develop a habit. Now the habit was, it was sort of an agreed upon effort because it was hard to get out of the house especially since we had spent almost four months being so attached to one another, not leaving, you know, the pandemic shut everything down as more as, you know, has been the experience for a lot of people. And so it was a lot of like, you know, mommy don't leave, you know, my son's holding on to me, the, the mom guilt, the uh, just the overall, like, well, what if I, you know, why am I sacrificing time with my kids to, to work out? Like, what's the point? a lot of this internal dialogue and all of it very negative, you know? And I'm like, how do I work so hard? How are there 24 hours in a day and I can't feed myself an hour or two a day and all this time, right? And I'm like, this, this can't be my reality. And then, and then all the while I'm, I'm, I'm sedentary or I'm not doing enough with my body. Really, I'm not attending to my own health, which means that I'm cutting my life short and my time with my kids short in the long run, right? It was a very serious conversation with a lot of negative dialogue that was the catalyst for that. And, um, and so that changed everything. It was a combination of me just, of just like the need to get some fresh air, finding a community of support and maintaining this, this effort because of the necessity to do it. And um, it was it was really challenging sometimes because I didn't want to go or it was hard to go or I was tired because I have a lot of things to juggle. But just doing it again, having my my brain stop talking and my body keep walking. And before I knew it, I had completed almost 600 miles in the year. Then I started oh, in June. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so you, you mentioned walking and running and running mummies. I've got a friend who, who has been involved in running mummies too. So I am familiar with it. Is that what you're yeah. currently doing or are there other things? Like, what do you currently do for fitness? Is it the walking and running or other things? Yeah. So that's, that's sort of my constant, right? Like um, it, it's, it's something that I, I do every day. I'm committed to moving my body and getting two, three miles in a day. Sometimes I can get in six, depending on how much time I have. But I recently, because I'm now fully vaccinated, I've, I've been fully vaccinated for the last two months now. Yay. I started going back to my, <laughs> yay, <laughs> go science. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, so I'm also a certified yoga instructor. I was certified in 2012 and I 
And it's something that I had used to like reconnect with myself spiritually, slow down, meditate. But when the pandemic literally slowed everything down, I felt like it sped up all my thoughts. So me doing yoga at home really was counterproductive because I'm like, I could just sit here, sitting here just thinking about everything. Um, and so anyways, I, I'm now two months fully vaccinated. I started going back to the yoga studio, Core Power Yoga Studio. And that's something that I do three times a week. So the classes that I take are yoga sculpt. It's a heated yoga. The class sizes are minimal. There's a bunch of different safety precautions. And we do that with weight. So I feel like I can get in some cardiovascular exercise by running or power walking at the park. And I've been um, going to the yoga studio for about a month now, uh, three to four times a week, getting in my yoga and uh, weights all in one. So of all the things that I like to do, weights, yoga, and running, walking, I'm able to do it all at least five to six times a week. Nice. Mm -hmm. and how do you find spaces? So you said like you, you found a place to do yoga three, three times a week and, and mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a relatively safe environment. You're fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But I keep thinking about myself and perhaps other people who may be like me, who I have attended a few yoga classes before and I didn't quite feel like I fit in, whether it was mm -hmm. because of my body size or my skin color. I just didn't feel fully reflected in both the instructor and also the other people in the class um, felt like mm -hmm. I stuck out like a sore thumb. So I'm like, how do you yeah. find spaces where you feel like you belong and you can also then get, you know, get your physical fitness in? Oh, that's such a, a, a great question. And so, so loaded, right? So yes. uh, I, you know, it's, um, it's not something that I have thought about uh, thoroughly, but I attend a predominantly white institution. As a woman of color, uh, uh, sort of a dark-skinned Mexicana, as, he, as you might want to say, I have experienced a lot of this feeling like the, the only one or an outsider or like I don't necessarily blend in. I'm also in Arizona. And um, the city that I live in is, is predominantly white as well, I, I guess you could say. Um, Give me just one second. My son's in the, in the room. No worries. <laughs> All right, we're back. So you were saying? Yeah, so it is hard. It is hard. Um, I think that the yoga studio that I attend, so I'm so eager to give myself my time. I hardly pay attention to the people that are in the class. That's I don't so see myself represented. I don't see myself represented at, in the um, instructor's. I don't mm -hmm. see myself represented really in the demographic of folks that attend this class, this, these yoga classes, but I have developed this sort of, uh, uh, sort of callous, I guess you can yeah. call it, that I just show up because I know what I need to get. And while I won't get the representation, I'm still going to, I still have access to this space and I'm going to utilize the space to my benefit, you know? Um, if I were focused more on representation in the spaces that I'm in, I would be not, I wouldn't be in a lot of the spaces that I've been, been in here in Arizona and it's hard. Yeah. Um, but there are so many different deterrents for being consistent in physical activity, showing up for yourself that, um, 
I do my best to minimize that to do I have time to do it? If I have the time to do it, I'm going to, I'm going to fit it in. You know, nothing else will stop me. I'm just going to show up. Uh, the, the yoga class that I go to also is, is incredibly westernized. And I'll just be honest with that. It's not a yoga class that is uh, traditional. It's not, um, they don't necessarily tend to a lot of the uh, traditional historical practices. And that's not great. Um, it's more of a fitness class but it feeds me in a lot of different ways. And, it, and again, I have access to it. You know, it's not that far away. Um, sometimes I have to take classes at six o'clock in the morning. So it does impede upon the very little sleep that I get. But um, I do my best to really tend to, to that as best as able. Yeah, what I'm hearing is that a lot of times, like when we're in predominantly white spaces, we kind of just have to take what we can with what we have available to us. Because I'm also in an area that's predominantly white. I'm in Bolita, Santa Barbara. And um, yeah, the, the few times I've tried to engage and be part of kind of uh, active communities, I've struggled with my physical fitness. I continue to struggle with it. And I have not felt like I have um, really fit in or belong uh, but you're right. I mean, you're reminding me that that it's sometimes it's just take what take what you can and use what works and then try not to focus on what doesn't work uh, when it comes to your physical fitness. Um, but the other thing that you're making me think about is I'm like, how did, how does she do it? How does she make time for three times a week yoga and two to three miles a day every day? And, um, and obviously it's, it's a, a lot of it has to do with priorities and putting yourself first. And that can be really hard for a lot of us, but also I'm like, what do you do when it gets really hard? Um, like what motivates you to keep going during the hard days, the days that you may feel exhausted or depleted, or just, it's just been a really long day. And sometimes we just want to like veg out or just like, <laughs> not not go on I don't know on a run or on a walk or on um just what what do you do to keep going to keep stay motivated well yeah I think even as I say that um I'm like wow I I really have been doing that for the last couple of months but I'm also not a machine I, I'm like I have sort of marketed myself to my friends and family as a very active lazy person um because I can binge watch <laughs> shows on Netflix, like nobody's business. I mean, uh, so, so I don't want to, uh, you know, paint this illusion that I go nonstop until I hit a wall, because I'm also very aware of how toxic that mentality is, yeah. how counterproductive that is, and how unhealthy that is. Mm -hmm. I've arrived at that space before, and that didn't help me. You know, I felt like I had to go until I hit the wall, until I hit the wall and I realized mm, this, that's not it either. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So for example, on, I had a very, very, very busy week last week with meetings and, um, you know, all the many things that, that take up most of our days and, and then still finding the, the slivers of time to be physically active, make memories with my kids. Because the important thing for me too, is that my kids know that they are always the priority, you know, like I'm allowed my time, but they're always the priority. So I'm right. still making memories with them. But Saturday, I was like, and today's the day that I'm going to restart Grey's Anatomy. And I probably watched like six seasons. And those <laughs> episodes are like 45 minutes long. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, I am also fully aware of when I need to just not. 
not have a meeting, not attend to a deadline, not schedule in, you know, meeting like uh, Zoom happy hours or this or that just because just because I have extra time and also not push my body beyond its limits because I can. So Saturday was that day for me. Saturday was the day where I ate all the things. I watched all the things. I sat on my couch that I, you know, uh, bought with hard earned money. Um, I just didn't, you know, and that's also showing up for you. Mm -hmm. So while I, I want to say that it's all about balance, I also feel like sometimes balance can be an illusion, you know, mm -hmm. and it's something that we as, as graduate students, as full-time employees, as mothers, as partners, we always want to, there's this, this notion that we strive for balance. Everything is balanced. And, and I'm not sure that I have ever arrived to the point where I'm like, everything is balanced in my life. <laughs> everything makes sense. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so why would I promote that I am successful at balancing things out? I don't know if that's true. I don't get very much sleep because when the kids go to sleep, I, I call it my second shift when really mm -hmm. it's like my fourth, you know, I put on the, the fifth half of the day and I do my writing. I, I just recently got approved for my, um, last round of my research studies. So I got my IRB approval. Yay. Um, <laughs> yay. <laughs> um, so the days are long, but I fill them with good things. I do my best to fill them with good things. You know, I show up for work and my students and my family, but I also don't ever not show up for myself. Not anymore. I spent so many years doing that. And, you know, I think that when we talk about breaking intergenerational traumas and uh, breaking these, like, these habits and the, the histories that don't serve us now, that's, I think, one of them. I wish I would have seen my mom tend to herself more, you know, uh, tend to herself self-care, work out more, you know, feed herself more, fill her cup more. When for the four of us, she always showed up for us. And, and she, she worked her ass off until burnout, but I never saw her uh, fill her own cup. You know what I mean? And I want my babies to see that I work really hard. We do fun things. We, we spend great time together, but mommy also takes care of herself physically. And as a, as a result, you know, mentally too, psychologically feeding my, my mind, body, and soul. Oof, that was a lot. <laughs> I feel like you just gave us so many gems there. Um, you know, you you mentioned this, like I guess the the facade or the fallacy, I don't know what you would call it, of this idea of balance that's not really true. And I know like at least, you know, among my friends, some of us refuse to use the word balance and now we use the word like harmony, like how can we work in harmony? So that sometimes some moments you prioritize your work more, your research more, or your, um, you know, whatever is coming up that needs to take priority at that particular moment. Um, but at the same time, while doing that, it's like you're reminding us that we do have to constantly show up for ourselves. Because at least for me, like with the reason I struggle with my physical fitness, I'm very good with well, mostly good with my nutrition uh, because I, I have a chronic illness. And so I have to monitor my diet to make sure that 
my diet affects the, my, my symptoms like, and how I feel every day. So I'm like, every day I have to have a green smoothie. It's just like one of the things every day I have to have, cheese. there's certain things that I'm like, I know I have to have that, but I have not yet figured that out with the physical fitness aspect of it. And I think it has to do with not always showing up for myself and all like, sometimes I just overdo it with the work and with the scheduling and not taking time for myself. So at the end of the day, I just, I feel like I don't have the energy to do it, but this is, this is all really, really useful information about like, yeah, we're, we're teaching our kids. Like I now have a daughter and she's going to be watching me and she's going to be seeing how I take care of myself and she's going to learn Absolutely. from that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, girl. Like it's, it's so layered, right? Mm-hmm. Make- the work that we're doing as a collective and and the narratives that we're changing and the intergenerational uh, traumas and curses that we're breaking, it's heavy. It's it's laborsome and it requires intentionality behind every one of those efforts. But it's so, so, so important because not only did I not see my mom, for example, or my nana who are like my parents, fill their cups you know, I mean, this is self-care isn't wrapped around spa days, but like, I've never saw my mom go get a manicure and a pedicure. I didn't see that. Um, I didn't see her go to the gym, you know, go swimming lessons, walk at the park with her girlfriends. I didn't see these things. I also didn't see her be like, damn, I look good in the mirror or man, I'm feeling myself or like, you know, I, I feel, I feel good. I feel healthy. I feel energetic. I didn't hear my mom say any of those things. I didn't hear my Nana say any of those things and those things matter, you know? So I had to learn also to be like, I'm okay in the body that I have. I'm happy. I'm grateful in the body that I have. I'm going to fuel it with good food. And trust me, like that's hard. Like the longest relationship I've ever had in my life is with hot Cheetos. It's abusive. (laughs) It's it's, like, (laughs) that might be an intergenerational curse too. Like, I don't know. I tell um, my husband, I'm like, dude, you didn't have hot Cheetos with, with cream cheese in middle school? Because I know I do. Yes. Yeah. He's like, you're I, weird. I'm like, I don't know. Girl, for me, it was hot Cheetos and nacho cheese. There you go. And that was, that was, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> 50 cents, you better fill it up. Yeah. And, and, you know, those things are still habitual things that are hard to break. And, yeah. and, and so... I also don't want to give this illusion that I, I can only eat salads and I'm not on this journey for weight loss. I'm not on this journey right. for like to be, you know, fit, muscular, whatever this and that. But I can't treat my body like a trash can. Mm-hmm. I can't not feed and fuel and tend to myself because I love my babies more than that. I want them to have a mommy that has energy. I want them to have a mommy that I can go play soccer with them because mm-hmm. I have the energy and I have the cardiovascular health to go do that, you know? And those two are contributions to our children's well-being. Yeah. And um, I also like, so there are a lot of different things that are, that are happening. And by the way, I love what you said about balance being harmony. I love that, you know, now it's, it's helping me because when I talk about like, what is balance anyway? Like, what is this illusion? I think I can reframe and be like, I'm, I'm working on harmony. I'm harmonizing over here. I'm like, <laughs> Destiny's child. <laughs> <You know? laughs> <Love it. laughs> so, 
but so thank you for sharing that too because I, I i'm definitely gonna bite that from you but there are a lot of different factors that are happening right now it's just like you know this narrative of like well you're in grad school the grad school 15 the pandemic 15 mm -hmm. or you're a mom the mom bod and i and i i hate now and i invested in it and i was like yeah i'm gonna gain a bunch of weight now that i'm in grad school and i'm a mom and i'm gonna gain all this weight because that's the narrative that is perpetuated most consistently, most often, and most publicly accepted. Mm -hmm. But what is less known or what is seen less is, is that these programs, master's, graduate level, doctoral programs, you know, I think that we need to change the narrative and invest in this idea that they don't become your life. Mm -hmm. They don't change who you are and create this new cumbersome um, have, you know, overweight, stressed out, anxiety ridden experience for you, but that you're still able to live and, and mm -hmm. thrive. Like I, I did an IG live with uh, black women PhDs the, uh, last week. And someone asked me, what is your, what are your thoughts on dating in grad school? Someone else asked me like, what are your thoughts on like buying a school or, or not buying a school, buying a house in grad school. And I know that these are questions that are, are, are uh, broached often and I go mm -hmm. why are we why do we believe and why do we allow ourselves to believe that grad school should determine the trajectory of our lives while we're in grad school trying to better our lives yes I've had trying similar to, questions um but more related to the parenting aspect of it I've had folks say yes so when is the right time to have a baby you know in grad school or in academia never and I'm like the right time is whenever you deem it the right time. Don't let any clock or any like academic, uh, whatever <clears throat> timeline or milestone determine it's, it's up to you. There's no right time. Like you said, there really isn't. Yeah, exactly. When people ask me like, when's the right time to, to, um, you know, apply for grad school. I'm like, never, never mm -hmm. is the right time to do anything. You have to like, for me, the, the decision to become a mom was intentional mm -hmm. and I, understood I was ready when I was ready to be selfless, when I was ready yeah. to share my time and my heart and my spirit and my food and my face, <laughs> like, you know, and the restroom, like when I was comfortable being for someone living and existing and, and sharing my life for with, you know, someone, and that's when I was ready. But all the rest of these things, like, like never it's never the right yeah. time you know i used to think that i needed to have like fifty thousand dollars in the bank account before i had a kid i'm like okay well that wasn't going to happen when i was <laughs> 23 or 20 like it just and so i think that it's important for us to to show more often that it's possible right. to be a mother and attend to your physical health to be a graduate student and tend to your physical health even if mm -hmm. that means that you aren't you don't you know submit that writing project or whatever like find a way to to make it work if you want to make it work you making it work but but really tending to it you know i really really like that i feel like you you got right at it at like you know why a lot of us should prioritize it to take care of ourselves it's about sustaining our, ourselves it's about making sure that we're okay not just now but long term too um, mm -hmm. And it's especially important for us as moms because we have other people who depend on us. Um, but um, I, I know. I also, oh yeah, go ahead. I also want to say, like, 
you know, we've talked a little bit about like being or seeing yourself represented or being comfortable being the only woman of color in certain spaces and stuff. Going to these yoga classes, I don't always feel like um, super, I don't see myself represented again in the, in the class members or the, in the instructors, but I rely a lot on my community outside of those spaces as well as support, like the, the running mummies, I've met a lot of different, um, Dr. J I've met there. I like, I've met a lot of different kids that are being active, that are making the effort to be active. And we always cheer each other on, you know? Is this like in person, online, social media? This is all virtual. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, these these people are all virtual. Like a lot of these mujeres that I, that I have connected with, especially in this last year, since I've, since I've embarked upon this journey of like reconnecting with my, my physical health, a lot of them, I mean, because most of us were meeting virtually mm -hmm. <laughs> or like connecting virtually last year, we didn't really have the option to, to connect in person. I'm also new to Arizona. I had only been here two years before the pandemic hit and really, um, you know, sort of put a wrench in my uh, networking uh, efforts. But I, I want to say, so I post a lot about like, I got a couple miles in today. I went to the yoga studio today. And sometimes my I, Instagram stories are like that you know, but I think that it's important that we share that we can, we as academics, mothers, grad, doctoral students, people that are on this journey that we can, that we are, and, and lift everyone up that, that is making the effort. Like I see um, someone shared the other day, like I got a 15 minute workout. I'm like, yeah, that's dope girl. Like do what you can do whenever you can do it because it's so, so, so important. If I'm going to cheer you on because you published the paper, like I want to cheer you on because you took a walk in the park with your dog. Like Aww. you're still making the investment. You know what I, I mean? That. Yeah. These communities of support that we are able to have access to virtually are so important. I have found have really um, enabled me to keep going and, and, um, and just keep staying the course. I like that because it's also reframing the way that you use social media because I know for for a lot of folks social media can sometimes feel toxic or or like mm -hmm. it's just like too much or like we're only seeing a certain kind of like a facade like only the good parts or only like certain aspects of people's lives and we assume that other people are having better experiences or whatever whatnot. Mm -hmm. But at the same mm -hmm. time it's like if you reframe it and think about it, it's like how can I use this as a tool to better myself and to also like be a support system and a cheerleader to my friends, my community and so on. Like it, it's, it can actually help you maintain, you know, your own goals, whether it's the physical fitness goals, professional goals, personal goals, et cetera. So I really, I really like that. And it reminds me at a, this year, you know, I, and I mentioned it in another episode that I was like this year, my word, my theme of the year is abundance. It's like thinking mm -hmm. about like, there's more than enough. There's more than enough good things for everyone. So we should just like embrace that, cheer everybody on. I mean, don't worry about, don't think about competition. Think about like, how can we all help ourselves with whatever mm -hmm. it is that we're working on? And I really like that. I do sometimes feel like on social media, I, I sometimes get a little bit overwhelmed by it, but mm -hmm. if I focus on the good and focus on like, okay, what am I working on for myself? Let me share that. Okay. How can I help someone else? How can I cheer someone else on? Mm -hmm. um, it could definitely kind of shift things. Yeah. For me. I, yeah. 
A hundred percent. And I think that, so I was very, very fortunate to have found running mommies. Um, but, you know, I also want to say like, if these communities of support don't exist in your realm or like, say you want to be like a, a golfer or something, like I'm not into golf, but that's say that's what you have access to. And that's the thing that you want to invest in. And you don't see like maybe a lot of people of color, women of color, mothers of color doing this, this activity, but that you want to do it, create it create your your support and social media makes that at least super accessible another thing is that social media is super toxic especially you know i feel like i've been living in a sort of a perpetual state of like baby rage fits for the last five four years you know what do you mean baby um, rage fits <laughs> well i see something on instagram and i'm like oh my god like i can't believe that that happened or why oh. i mean <laughs> Since we're under a new administration, so I feel some of those baby arrangements subsiding, but I even see. still, you know, yeah. um, but I, but I also think that um, creating positive environments for yourself is important, both in your physical, mental, social, you know, psychological, but also your social environments like this, this year has been really revealing um, how people are navigating the pandemic mm -hmm. in very different ways. It's all, it was also revealing that some folks are, are adamant about not investing in the well-being of, of the whole. And so, yeah. you know, last summer I was like, un pinche borradero de gente. You know, it's just like, I just, I can't yeah. have the toxicity in any space that I, I want to exist in. And, you know, and I think setting those boundaries is also super, super important. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, finding a way to set boundaries in a way that feels healthy for you. Some yep. folks have a hard time saying no, as a mom, as a, you know, as a nurturer, it's very hard for me to say no, but I can always say like, not right now, or maybe another time, or I'm just not available, you know, mm -hmm. at the moment. And, and I'm starting to feel less and less guilty because the reality of the situation is like, it's my time. Right. Yes. No one should have an opinion about what I do with my time, you know? Um, so learning how to find slivers of time to tend to yourself in 24 hours in a, in a day, you deserve one to two hours of something that will fill your cup and setting boundaries and finding your community of support, you know? I really love that. It's so funny you mentioned the golf example because uh, so the way I treat social media is I am very intentional about like how I curate what I see and what friends I have. So I don't have a lot of people like in my personal Instagram or in my personal Facebook page, um, just folks that I know and folks that, you know, and I know are good folks that I, are, it's just not going to be like super toxic for me, but like, so not surprisingly, I have a lot of fierce mujeres, PhD mamas who are on my feeds and I'm always so inspired by them. One of them, her name is uh, Dr. Larissa Mercado Lopez, who's at CSU for yes. And yes. she recently like picked up <laughs> golfing and started like a golfing IG page. And I remember she's thinking a, like, that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's exactly who I was referring to, by the way. <laughs> she's exactly who I'm referring to. But like, well, she I got that. it. <laughs> yeah, she did that. She's like, I know that this might not be a thing, but I'm going to create this thing. So it. come on and join me. She's exactly who I was referring to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it is, it's really, really funny. Yeah, so definitely setting boundaries is important to saying no so that 
so that you will allow yourself to say yes to other things for yourself. So um, we're getting close to wrapping up. I wanted just to ask if you had any last thoughts on the topic or um, any takeaways, or if not, um, how can folks reach you, be in touch, connect with you? I'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to relate. They're going to want to follow you. They're going to want to kind of get to know you a little bit more. So last thoughts or, or how can folks kind of be in touch? Yeah, so I, I, you had mentioned that your um, one of your words for the year was abundance, and I want to share mine. My word for this year was momentum. I found that last year when everything slowed down, I had a really hard time picking things back up, right? And um, what helped me navigate 2020 and all of the many unknowns and anxieties that those unknowns brought about is, is momentum. It's just the hardest step was to take just the first step out the door. That was the hardest I love step. It. Wow. And I, I was successful at just keeping going and experiencing the discomfort in that first step. And I built momentum. And so this year, my word is momentum. I have found that momentum has been my greatest weapon and I'm going to utilize it in as many ways as I can. So I just wanted to share that. Um, the last couple takeaways were again, is just finding a way, a, a tan, time management resource that mm -hmm. helps you find slivers in your day where you can give yourself one to two hours. There are 24 hours in a day. Find a way to attend to your uh, physical health best as able. It will inevitably affect positively, hopefully, your mental health. And just fill your cup, you know, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be something that's super, super intense, um, but you deserve it. You deserve one to two hours a day, whatever it is, and get it, you know, get everyone on board, <laughs> all your kids, uh, your partners, whatever it is, everyone on board so that they too uh, encourage you. And then lastly, it's finding your community of support, whatever that looks like. It could just be an accountability, an accountability buddy, you creating uh, little challenges for yourself and your friends, creating an Instagram page, a Twitter page, a uh, clubhouse where you guys just check in. Whatever it is, that community of support has really fed me and has helped me stay consistent, stay motivated, and stay excited about uh, continuing on on this, this physical uh, fitness journey. And so that's really all I have. And then, and then, you know, just having these dialogues with other mommies too, and like navigating mom guilt and time management um, has been super helpful for me as well. And so how can folks reach you? Thank you all so right. much. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm like, okay, bye everybody. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so my Instagram page is public. It's Moximara, M-O-X-I-M-A-R-A. I also am the founder and creator of Academic Mujeres on Instagram where I am I am sharing profiles of women of color in academia, black and brown women, and sharing all of the many things that they're doing. Again, hoping to contribute to changing the narrative and increasing the, the percentage, because I think that right now at the doctoral level, there's in the country, I think the uh, percentages are below 4% for both black and brown women, uh, of women that have doctoral degrees. So I'm hoping right. to help contribute to the changing of the narrative there with academic credit. But I share a lot of these, these the, my, efforts to be uh, an active working mommy of two on my personal page, Maximara. I love it. Well, 
Thank you so much for, for being on here, for sharing your words of wisdom. Uh, I know I learned a lot. I'm sure our listeners will learn a lot too. And yeah, hopefully we'll have you on another time because I know you have you have a <laughs> lot of different things you can contribute. So thank you so much, Mara. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anger page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Fem Touring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time. <laughs>